0: This is Howard Anderson, News Editor at Information Security Media Group, and today we're talking with Joy Pritz, Chief Privacy Officer at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. Thanks for joining us again, Joy. My pleasure, Howard. Now, the HIPAA Omnibus rule that was recently released, uh, I want to talk about how that rule helps reinforce some of the privacy and security requirements of the electronic health record, meaningful use incentive program, or vice versa. How do they uh, help each other?
1: Well, they really dovetail together quite nicely. One of the things that the high-tech rule does is it really expands the type of organizations and people that are directly responsible for protecting privacy and security of health information. Um, all of the contractors of health plans and um, healthcare providers who are covered by HIPAA are now going to be directly responsible for following all of the security rules and many of the use and disclosure rules under the privacy rule. Uh, What this means is if there is a breach at that level, at the business associate level, then HHS will be able to enforce directly against the party that's responsible for it. Uh, That's a great improvement over how things are now. When you look at the, um, the breaches that have been reported to HHS to date, more and more of them are coming at the business associate level, and that shouldn't be surprising given the way that things are evolving. It segues very nicely with the uh, meaningful use criteria. Meaningful use doesn't make providers do anything differently than they're already required to do under the HIPAA security rule. And it also is shining the light on some of the requirements in the security rule that providers may or may not have been aware of. For example, the security risk assessment is something that people should have been doing for many years. But time and again, you see in these surveys where A good portion of providers still are not conducting a security risk assessment years after this was a requirement, and meaningful use has been a great opportunity that when people are starting to adopt uh, clinical health information technology, that they recognize, oh, I need to do this, and I probably should have been doing it with my uh, billing data already. But it's a prime moment for. Uh, getting people involved with this activity so that they know that they need to be doing it going forward.
0: So what are some of the key steps organizations should be taking now to prepare to meet the privacy and security requirements in stage two? And is it is the same steps subject it should be taken to comply with the HIPAA omnibus or different?
1: Well um, it is but it's also a little uh, there are some additional things that they should uh, be aware of. So for example You have to use EHR technology that's been certified for the Meaningful Use Program. Uh, One of the key components of Meaningful Use and the certification criteria is that if an end-use device uh, maintains uh, protected health information after that device has signed off from an EHR, it must be encrypted. So, for example, if uh, provider is using a laptop to access his electronic health record and it keeps that information, that device has to be encrypted. So that's one of the things that uh, is really a move forward because that's where we're having a lot of breaches right now is with devices that are lost and stolen. This should really help because it's going to make it much easier for the provider. So they might not know about it, but in the background, if they're buying buying certified EHR technology, they should feel a little comfortable that there should be some encryption already baked in, which will make their life a little easier.
0: What do you think are some of the key privacy and security requirements that might be added for stage three? What's left that needs to be added, do you think?
1: I think that... We've heard from the uh, policy committee that they're very interested in exploring the level of authentication that uh, providers need to um, have in order to to be able to access an EHR system, particularly from remotely, and um, that's an area that has been explored in the uh, request for comments.
0: So authentication could be more prominent in in stage three, more details about?
1: It is one of the recommendations that we received as to that, you know, the technology would need to enable that and that uh, providers would need to use it. And particularly what they're focusing on is moving towards two-factor authentication. That's where the recommendations have been added.
0: And that's for uh, primarily for clinicians, not necessarily for patients, right?
1: Oh, yes, that's primarily for clinicians, that, because that's how MU is set up. The Meaningful Use Criteria focus on how the physicians are accessing the system. You raise an interesting issue about how, whether providers in particular have to secure information when they send it to a, a patient. And there's a lot of information in the um, preamble, the introductory section, to the omnibus rule about um, how OCR views that issue. Uh, It's a very interesting area because it's a trade-off between security and the patient's right to access their own information. And the bottom line is that if a patient is notified that uh, sending information may not be secure via email, for example, and the patient still wants to get it that way, then the provider is pretty much off the hook if they send it to the patient that way.
0: So ONC is developing uh, voluntary guidelines for health information exchange. Uh, What do you see as the most important steps to ensure information remains secure and the data remains private when it's exchanged?
1: Well, we look at the governance guidelines as uh, a way for these organizations to start really building a network of trust. And one of the ways of doing that is to make sure that um, everybody understands what their practices actually are, not what they're legally allowed to do, but what their practices actually are with respect to the information. So notice is one of the components of them. And another piece of this is defen- depending on what kind of architectural model is being used, the policy committee felt, has felt very strongly about patients having meaningful choice as to whether they participate in certain types of exchange. And that's another key element to make sure that there's been buy-in by the patients in the system. And that's an an essential element of trust, that the patients that you're serving actually know what you're doing and are comfortable with it.
0: Well, Very good. Uh, Thanks, Joy. We've been talking today with Joy Fritz at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.